How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host and my dad, Noel Teal. A, a recovering father mm. to your right. All right I think you I'm look fu- better. You look, I think you look I'm- better. <laughs> it's been a rough week, dude. I'm not going to lie. It took probably <laughs> till today for me to finally shake this. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, definitely therapeutic to rant the other day. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Still, still not fully over it. Yeah, it's hey, it's going to take a whole off season to really, yeah, really you know, get over it. But uh, we you, maybe maybe it eased your mind a little, uh, or or actually, it could have eased your mind or made it worse that we're keeping McCarthy and you know possibly keeping Quinn now, uh, which we'll talk about on today's episode. Some news there opinion. from from Jerry Jones. Uh, we have to get to the divisional round, uh, which the Cowboys won't be playing in, but we got to still preview it and give our predictions some really good matchups, pick who we think are going to the AFC and the NFC Championship. A big trade in the NBA with Pascal Siakam going to the Pacers. If you listened on New Year's Day, our podcast with Michael Kalina, that was talked about on here. We said that that was a good possibility and it would be a perfect fit. And I still agree with that uh, that analysis. I love that trade for the Pacers. Toronto's going to be great in like eight years. Yeah, seriously. And they got they got a good haul for it. So we'll talk about that as well. And then some college football news. So let's get into it. Let's run it. Let's start over there in college football. Alabama is going through an interesting time right now. Very interesting. We're starting to see the post Nick Saban uh, downfall of Alabama. Is that kind of is that too too far? I, I, I don't understand. I mean, explain to me. Kalen DeBoer has been nothing but successful everywhere he's gone. He was just in the title game. He was. And he's your new head coach, and you're all running to get in the transfer portal? Yeah. I, I don't get it. You like, know, the, I the, really don't. It really shows it, it, what, what it shows is Saban how powerful of a recruiter, what a great recruiter he is, because a lot of people go there and they want to play for the great. And that doesn't mean that DeBoer's not great. He just isn't Saban yet, and he, he hasn't but, gotten that status. And a lot of people, you know, the reason that they go to certain schools is to play for that coach and the guy that recruited them. And when DeBoer steps in there and says, hey, like, we'd love to keep you there. It's just not, you know, the same type of 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 feeling there. So it's listen, I'm all for the transfer portal. I've never been against it. I just find it cowardly. Mm-hmm. That some of these players are jumping, like Isaiah Bond, like jumps into the portal and goes to Texas, right? Great. I understand, like, you want to play, you know, uh, listen, I would you rather play for Q, uh, Quinn Ewer, with Quinn Ewers or, or Jalen Milrow? I, right. I get that. But, like, the left tackle, like, yeah. what's that? You know, like, like I'm leaving the number one, the number one QB yeah, recruit in the country. QB he's from last he's year. leaving. You know, so it, it just 22 or 26. I don't even, I can't even keep up at this point. Alabama players have entered the transfer portal. Like, I just find it hysterical. I guess what's going to happen is all the old Washington players are going to come over to Alabama and play for DeBoer again. I mean, is that, that probably that, what's going to happen? That's what we've seen. That's definitely what we've seen in the past, you know, of, of these kind of new coaches stepping up to new schools and the transfer portal being a factor is guys from that past school coming over to play for the coach again so yes we're going to see a lot of that that's what we're seeing in arizona as well with uh jed fish leaving we're, we're seeing a yep. lot of guys exit out of there and they might go play uh for his you know new school in washington so we're going to mm-hmm. see like a whole cycle of guys going and playing at at, at the schools that their past coaches did coach I, 
I just hope Alabama has I like I've never rooted for Alabama in my life. I hope Alabama has a great season because I want to see all these guys be like, shoot, why did we leave? You know, right. like I just I can't stand it. Like just you, you committed to Alabama. There's no reason. And, like, it's not like they got a crap coach. It's not like they're right. throwing and blowing the program. And here, here's up. the just thing. Play, go the, out and play. The one guy that hasn't transferred is Milrow. Mm-hmm. Is, is, isn't that like surprising of all the positions of all the guys there, you know, that, that you would think of, you would think him. Are you kidding me? He's the been... happiest person on the planet. First of all, he was constantly in Saban's doghouse until that, that yeah. last, you know, six I mean, games. That is, that is true. Yes. Right. And you're getting Kalen DeBoer who just made Michael Penix look like he should be a first round draft pick. Yep. Like Jalen Milrow Our... should be like, like the happiest person on the planet. I know some of them have committed, but isn't this also, you can come back, right? You can enter the transfer world. Maybe people are just seeing their options. Uh, just just seeing maybe maybe the recruitment was so level-headed on I'm going to play for Saban, and now it's like maybe I didn't really have a real chance to look at other schools. And mm-hmm. maybe they're, they might realize, okay, Alabama still is that top program. I'm going to stay. So they could definitely return as well. They could, but typically when you basically say, screw you, coach, I'm leaving, uh, yep. I don't know if he wants it back. I know. So we'll see. We'll, we'll keep it updated. You know, if, if any more guys are going to head out of Alabama, uh, former Alabama coach or offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, uh, now will be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. So another job to add to the resume for Bill O'Brien. Dude, dude he's had a lot. He's had a lot of stops. He's gone. He's gone. College, NFL, NFL to college, back and forth. And now he goes to the Ohio State University to try to get Ryan Day and Ohio State over the hump of trying to be Michigan and trying (laughs) to get to a national championship. Uh, So did he do a great job with Mac Jones this year? No, 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 he didn't. No, he did Uh, not. and he had his his moments at Alabama, and then not so good moments, mm-hmm. and then he had his moments in Houston, and then mm-hmm. not so good moments. Like very up and down, very up and down coach. Very. So and and I I was shocked to see him go back to college. Like right, I, I, it's just again, again, right. I understand people when they're like, all right, I went to the pros, you know, I was a head coach, then I went back to college, I went got my second chance to be in the pros, <laughs> and then you're like, no, I want to go back to college. <laughs> Like, I don't get it. I yeah. really don't. But hey, Bill, have have a good time in in mm-hmm. uh, in Columbus. What about? Did you see the story about uh, McCormick, the tight end for oh, Miami, coming back for his ninth year at Miami? 20, I saw this 27 on Twitter. Years old. I was like, ninth year. Like I'm trying to add up the the COVID year, the red mm-hmm. shirt, the medical red shirt, and I'm like, I still am not getting a nine. I'm getting to about six or seven <laughs> with all those nine. Yeah. Four years four, in a row that well, he, he had four. He had four years where he had devastating injuries that he missed. That's the season. crazy. So, yeah. what's more, what's crazier that he's coming back for his ninth year, or that he's still playing football after all these these knee injuries? I, yes, <laughs> coming from a guy who's had three knee in, uh, surgeries, mm-hmm. I don't know how he's walking, let alone playing football. God, right. God bless being in your twenties. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the fact that he's going back for ninth year. God bless him. I mean, maybe he thinks he still has, you know, uh, NFL, you know, uh, dreams and aspirations. But I, I just find it absolutely incredible that you could be 27 years old and playing against 18 year olds. It's crazy. It is. It's, crazy. it's a wild time we're living in in, in college football. So uh, yep. enough of the college talk there. Uh, let's go to that big trade 
in the NBA that we just saw. Uh, Pascal Siakam going to the Pacers for three first-round picks. So Pacers giving up the future, the possibilities. future? Uh, but this team, you could tell that this team was ready to take that next step this year um, and try to be a contender. And I think that there was, in the NBA, there are a limited amount of moves that you can make um, as a small market team that can mm-hmm. allow you to compete, you know, with the yes. with the Celtics of the world and, and Milwaukee. Um, Indiana right now, seventh seed in the East, but, you know, third the third seed to the ninth seed is separated by five games right now. So it's not right. really it's telling. They've been an incredible, incredibly, incredibly overachieving team this year uh, with an up-and-coming star in Halliburton that you want to look at right now and you look at the team, it's very young. Uh, they have a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of up-and-coming guys that, that you know, we, we've seen really good things that they could be really good role players, but you needed another star. You needed someone else next to Halliburton. And when you look around the league, you know, a lot of people are locked in. There's a lot of teams that have no cap flexibility. It's, it's three stars. And then, you know, all minimum contract players, there's not a lot of opportunity to find a guy as good as Pascal Siakam, as young as Pascal Siakam. And to get him on this team that really is such a, you know, pace and space the floor and let Halliburton do what he does and which is be a playmaker first and he's damn good at it uh, and yep. then you get a guy in Siakam that does a little bit of everything uh, he's he's a 25 point per game scorer uh, you know can can get in the paint as I, I think I, there was an, an insane stat that I looked at this year uh, that I looked at when this trade happened uh, the, the Indiana Pacers are number one in the league in, in dunks and layups this year Pascal Siakam <laughs> has the most dunks and layups uh in the league this year so it's like it's just a great fit you know in 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 this indiana pacers offense now defensively we'll talk you know uh, i don't i don't know if they really they could they may have gotten worse there in in that department but when you look at the nba nowadays you know you're just so focused on getting that second star there this was a great move for the pacers Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, people were like, oh, my God, they gave up a haul, three first-rounders. The Pacers are going to be a playoff team in the next right. three years. This They're looking up at in the 18 20s, to 20-something, yeah. you know. At and hopefully 18. with this trade, you're thinking 25, 26. This team could Correct. be contending for, you know, a conference cha- a conference and, championship. And, and how many 25-year-old first-round draft picks turn out to be superstars, right? right. I mean, so you're giving up three for late first-rounders for a guy who comes in and immediately makes your team that much better. Right. It, and, it's, and it's outstanding. And it's, it has an expiring deal, and hopefully <laughs> they can resign him. They can resign him because I don't think you're giving up three firsts and Bruce Brown and some other players there to not resign Siakam. This should oh, be a tandem. 100%. No, it, it's 100%. And look, like you said, this is a really good young team with Buddy Heald, with Isaiah Wong, with Benedict Matherin. Like, you've got some young, good talent, you know, on this team yeah, that can score. For sure. You know, you're absolutely right. The biggest question on this team is can they defend in the playoffs? You know, because that is not what they are, are, are known for. You know, right. and Obi Toppin is, you know, uh, never seemed to <laughs> materialize to the guy we thought he was going to be. Um, but but it's a it's a solid team that's going to make a playoff run and probably finish in the top five. Yep. So I really like it. I think he's going to be a great addition, and I'm just excited to see that you know that duo pan out because I think it's it's a really great fit. And I think when you look at the East as a whole, you have Boston, you have Milwaukee, you have Philly, and then outside of that, there was really just no fourth mm-hmm. team that was going to pose a threat. 
That's right. Indiana now becomes that fourth team. I think they're better than Cleveland. Even when Cleveland's fully healthy, I think with Siakam, they're better. Um, I think they're better than the Heat. I think they're better than the Knicks. I think they yep. become that fourth team where are they a contender this year? I think that's pushing it a little, but I would put them closer to contender than in the in the bag with the rest of those teams I just mentioned. Sure, and look, at the end of the day, they're going to be a tough out. They're not winning the championship. They're no. not going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I guarantee you there are teams that are in the first round of the playoffs that do not want to play, play them. I agree. So definitely going to be interesting there in the East. All right. Let's what about get, on the, before we get to football, what about yeah. uh, UCF this week? Yeah. Talk about UCF, man. We, we talked about the Kansas game, which was just an unbelievable experience. But then, you know, they come back around, lose to, to BYU. and Couldn't shoot. And, and, and to go on the road to Texas and, and be down by 16 once again, just like they were in the Kansas, in the Kansas game. But this time in the second half, they were down In the 16. second half, on the road, in a tough arena to play in against a very much more experienced team in playing in the Big 12. To mm-hmm. do that was incredibly impressive to watch. Yeah. Shout out all the guys. I mean, Shamari Allen. Uh, Had a game. This, this, he, he is unbelievable. Just his defensive instinct is unlike really anyone I've ever seen. I, I literally compare him to Marcus Smart because he just is that good of a defensive guy. Um, mm-hmm. And he added like 17 to that. Uh, it was fun to watch that that team, th- this team just battle back um, and, and completely, you know, just take take a game that, that really no one gave us a chance to win. And it was very it was very cool to see. <laughs> Um, it's mm-hmm. cool to see this team just competing and surprising a lot. Not surprising, you know, to us because th- this team's been really from the start pissed off about, you know, we talked about <laughs> being ranked last and all that. But yep. th- this team is is come to play. So definitely a great start to to Big 12 play. And just because you get another good win, you know what's next? Number yeah. three, Houston on the yeah, road. I mean, this <laughs> it, it, it the schedule's insane. Ends. It never ends. It's crazy. Yo, Come on, but the funniest thing of that whole game was uh, what's his name, um, uh, Rodney Terry. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this was all whole... over. This was all over Twitter. I mean, what a sore way, sore loser. Uh, yeah, if you lose, right? You, you UCF has done this. They've played USF. That's their rival. You know, they yep. used to play them two times a year. Uh, if we beat them, it was horns down. It, it was. Yep. That, that's that's what it was. If you beat us, we wouldn't be, you know, prancing, doing your, your whole reverse symbol. Yep. Yeah. If you lose, what? You can't turn around and, and have some fun and say, you know, we just beat you on your home court and horns down. Yep. I, he, they weren't the, the players weren't doing it in the coaches faces and the players faces. They turned yep. to the crowd. They were doing it in their own huddle. That is a ridiculous. That, that is a I'm pissed off. We just lost to West Virginia and UCF, to, uh, you know, two quote unquote uh, lower, lower lower teams, teams in the Big Twelve. Uh and, and I'm pissed off and I just lost two games on my home court and the season's not going great. And and he took it out on on the, the players there and I thought it was totally immature and just a bad way to lose. Yeah. He is definitely flailing as a coach. Yep. So I, I thought it was hysterical. I loved every second of it. Me as well. All right. Time to get into our NFL picks. Time to get to the four games in the divisional round. When I look at the spreads, definitely some big spreads for the divisional round. I know mm-hmm. when the one seed, you know, comes to play in that second round, obviously going to be heavy favorites at home. But even in the past, I don't feel like both were double-digit favorites um, looking at 10, now, you know, nine and a half. Mm-hmm. So 
definitely interesting to look at. We will start on the Saturday games. Texans, Ravens. This is going to be a great one. I'm really excited to watch this. You know, Lamar really on the hunt for that Super Bowl. He has an amazing chance to get it, you know, this year. This is this is the team that is is built to win a Super Bowl. You know, we said mm-hmm. in the past they were missing this, they were missing this. They they're not missing anything now. They got yep. Dalvin Cook that they signed. Mark Andrews is I don't think we'll play in this one, but if they yep. win, we'll be back for next week. Like everything is coming together for them to make a run. And the yes. only thing in their way right now is CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. And a lot right. of people are not only on the Texans spread, a lot of people are riding the Stroud train and think that they can win this game. And I I I agree with that. I think they can win. I think it'll be a good game. But I look at the Ravens, they're too they're too well coached. They're too disciplined. They're too determined, I think, and on a on a different timeline than the Texans are right now to lose this game. Uh, I really do believe yeah. that at home they're going to do what they've been doing all year, which has been unstoppable on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we talk about both one seeds, you'll see a similarity there in that nobody has had an answer. And when nobody has an answer for you, that shows that, like I said, you know, Harbaugh is just an incredible coach and will have these guys ready. And I believe that they will throw some things out at CJ Stroud, possibly to confuse him a little defensively, maybe send some pressure you know, disguise some blitzes, whatever they need to do. Um, and and CJ Stroud wins this game, and we're seriously going to have to talk. It's, I don't Hall even of know. Fame. I mean, I put him in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah. Well, as much as I love CJ Stroud, and I will be rooting for him immensely, yeah, he will not be playing next week. This Baltimore team is so ready. Now, the only derailment could be, does Lamar pull, you know, like a Dak or in the Cowboys, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, oh, shoot, I really can't win in the playoffs again, right, right. from that mental perspective. But what they have that, unfortunately, CJ hasn't seen in probably half a season is as good a defense as you could put on the field, right? right? And the, if not the best, the second best linebacker core in the NFL. Mm-hmm. This team will not be able to run the ball. Devin Singletary, whatever the over-under is, take the under on the props. You know, this is – C.J. Stroud's going to go back and have to throw the ball 40 times, and that is not a recipe for success against Baltimore. And I just think that, you know, the rest and, and everything – this team's ready, you know, and I just I, – I next week's going to be a big challenge against Buffalo or KC, whoever comes out of that, but Baltimore will be playing next week. Yeah, so – both take Baltimore there. I think when you look at the spread, a lot of people are 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 on the Texans spread. And I, I do deep down think it'd be a good game, but it might be one of those games that's really good. And then the Ravens get like a late touchdown and then they get a turnover and they score again. And it maybe the score is a little more than it seems. So I'm actually going to take the Ravens nine and a half. So, so am I. Uh, I absolutely. For that I, reason yeah, and, alone. And you know what's the scary part is? Everybody's been talking about that. There's a, it's all over like the, you know, the internet because it's such a, you know, the two big spreads. But if you take the Green Bay Packers and the uh, uh, Houston Texans to win on the money line in a two team parlay, like a $50 bet wins you like $3,000. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, just, I can't see the, Vegas isn't losing out. that bet. No, so I'm taking the Ravens minus the points. And I think that they're going to win by double digits. All right. So you go, we both go Ravens there. Then we have the other one seed playing 49ers against the Packers. 
I I don't know if this pick is a hundred percent what I really and truly feel. Because I, I don't even know the, I have so much hatred for the 49ers. Yes. I now have so much hatred for the Packers because of yes. what they did to us last week that I don't know if this pick is actually what I believe as an analysis or an analyst, or I'm just mad and I'm this is what I'm picking. So fair. I'm taking the Niners. Again, similar to my assessment of the Ravens-Texans game, uh, this team is too well coached on both sides of the ball. They're too, th- th- this team and the Packers are on different sets of their timeline, and the 49ers, although they you know, aren't as, as bad as the Cowboys in terms of they choke every year in the playoffs, they, they're in that same boat, but they just get a round or two further. They get to the conference champion in the Super Bowl, and then they lose. So yep. they're not going to lose in the divisional round next week. For the Super Bowl, we may talk about how if they don't win that game, they should be in that same conversation as well. They're going to win this game. Uh, They're going to be too much for the Packers. I think the Packers come into this again. You know, they will come into this confident, you know, but but I believe that the 49ers scheme and and again, we're going to see. I really true. Okay, this is what I believe. I'm just going to say it. I think the 49ers are going to win by at least two touchdowns. I think we're going to see a team that comes out and you're going to see why coaching matters because the 49ers come out and they blow this team out. Uh, maybe they should look at McCarthy and maybe fire him because you're going to see a really good coach take down a Packers team that is good, but it ain't as good as they looked last week. So, so let me, that was a lot. That was a lot for let, let, let let's break this down a little further. Okay. Number one, are you finally coming around that Jordan love is a, top quarterback or a, a, a quarterback worthy of playing in an NFL Jersey. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think we're past that. I think we're, I think we're past that. I, 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 yes, I believe that he's a starting quarterback and he's, he's kind of just above my, he's got above my expectations. Yes. Okay, great. Is he at the point of his career that he can go and beat a top team? No. Did we not just watch it? No, because I I think that that team that we watched last week got exposed and you're going to see a Mm. real top team kind of hand it to it and put them in their place about what type of team they are, which is a good one. But they're they really have no business playing in the game against this good of a team. I I just think the 49ers hand it to them and you're really going to see the difference in the Niners and maybe the Lions and the Bucks at the top and the Cowboys and Eagles that got blown out and, and the difference between those teams. I am taking the points. I'm not calling for an outright win. Win. I think San Francisco will have enough to come through with this. You know, again, they're healthy. They had the week off. You know, scheme wise and talent wise, they have more better. They have better players on the field. But this Green Bay Packers team, you got to give them their due. Over the last six weeks, they've been playing playoff caliber mm-hmm. football, and they're beating teams, and they're doing it with. Very good young wide receivers to the point where you don't know which of the six is going to step up and have a great game, a.k.a. Romeo Dobbs last week, you know, Jalen Reed the week before. Jordan loves playing with tremendous confidence, has nothing to lose. So he's going to go out there and ball. And the return of Jair Alexander and this defense is playing almost as good as I expected them to be at the beginning of the season. And then I didn't but know that, what the hell But happened. that's just my point is I don't, I don't think that defense is good. I think they well, – I think they had a great game and and they just you know went 
went berserk. I, I think they're I, better I, than you're giving credit for. We'll see. I think Aaron Jones is a handful. He is riding a massive high. Just the teams that have nothing to lose that have talent, you know, like are very dangerous. And I think San Francisco, again, will find a way to pull this out. But I think nine and a half is a good amount of points to take in this All game. Right. All right. I like both one seeds, I guess, to win by double digits. So that's my picks there. But you like the Packers with the points. Yes. All right. Sunday games, a little bit closer of games. So maybe we'll have a different pick here. Uh, Buccaneers, Lions, Lions now six and a half point favorites at home against the Bucks. If you would have told me this was the divisional round at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, I yeah. I wouldn't even know what to say. This is an incredible that one of these teams will play in an NFC championship. Yep. It, this is going to be a, this is a good game. I mean, the Buccaneers are really hitting their stride at the right time. Uh, yep. th- this team went from the lowly NFC South winners to a dangerous team that you don't want to play. Uh, the way Baker's playing, they have stars all over the field on offense. Uh, the way that they're able to, uh, you know, throw the ball right now, it's not coming from the run game because we saw earlier in the year Rashad White struggled, then they actually were able to get him going. And now throughout the last couple weeks, and especially last week, they're the worst rushing team left in the playoffs. So this is going to be aired out against Detroit's weakness, which is their secondary. So if Baker Mayfield has a game like he did last week, the Buccaneers will win this game. This is going to be on the on the if the Detroit Lions play defense like they did in the second half, where it was bend, don't break, where it was we're still going to allow Puka Nakua, you know, and and this week we're going to allow Mike Evans to have a catch here, Godwin here. But when they get over that 50 yard line, when they get in the red zone, we got to lock down, make stops on third down and allow uh, you know, our defense to get off the field and allow three points instead of seven. That's what this is going to come down to because they're going to have yep. their way throwing the ball and the Lions are going to score. I, I believe that this Tampa Bay defense is good. Uh, Todd Bowles has it coached well and they're going to have a scheme. But Detroit's offense, you know, I believe that this, they, they just have it going right now that I don't, I, I'm not even looking at that. I, I believe the Lions are going to score. Definitely. This comes down to their defense. If they can make stops, you know, they will win. I believe... I believe they're going to win, but it is going to be a game last week where it is down to that final possession. It's going to be a close one. I'll take the Bucks plus six and a half, but the Lions win uh, by three in this one, and they go to the NFC Championship. So three things for me. Number one, this game completely comes down to two things. It comes down to Vildor and Sutton, the corners for Detroit. If they don't get beat over the top, um, I, I think that is the recipe for keeping the Buccaneers completely in check. And then Aiden Hutchinson and the rest of that line has to get pressure on Baker. Yeah. When you see the the stats of Baker under pressure versus mm-hmm. not under pressure, you want to get in his face because he will give you the ball. Yeah. I love the Lions this week. It is my lock of the week minus the six and a half. I think the Detroit Lions are going to basically put their foot on the neck and just destroy the Buccaneers. I really think Detroit uh, is going to go home or go go, uh, to the next round uh, on a massive high. I'm talking at least a two touchdown win. Wow. So there's, there's a two touchdown win for you. So both taking the Lions are a little more confident than me. I think it should be a good game. We're really going to see if Baker Mayfield is the real deal. I mean, this is a huge game for him and just his career in general. So do you remember when we were like Flacco, Flacco, Flacco? And I was like, it's going to come back to earth. This is a game. I think Baker comes back. All right. Could see that. All right. Last game, Chiefs bills. We've seen this one uh, two times the last three years. 
Mahomes has gotten both. They've both been at home for Mahomes. This is his first road playoff game in his career. I was very confident about this game a couple days ago. I now look at it, and I'm not as confident, and I'm <laughs> even looking at changing my pick. Uh, I, I am, I've been back and forth. I was so on the bills after watching that game. I was like, this is, they got the Chiefs at home this time. They got them in the divisional. This is the one that Josh Allen finally gets over the hump, and it's his turn to try to win a Super Bowl. But then I look at the injuries. Their defense is decimated at linebacker. They're going to be missing their top two guys. You know, they're, they're hurting on the, the backside. Gabe Davis is out once again. So it's going to be a lot on digs and, you know, whoever, you know, Shakir, if he can step up, if, you know, the other, Golden the other, Kincaid. yeah, if Kincaid mm-hmm. can step up, you know, who's, who's going to be that other weapon. They're going to need guys to, to step up in this game. And, and then I look on the other side and I go, yeah, he's on the road, but it's still Mahomes. And we know what he does in the playoffs. And we, and he's won the last two against the bills in games that the bills probably both should have had chances to win. So I'm, I'm going to stay with my pick. I'm going to stay with the bills and I will take that two and a half because it's such a close spread, but man, I am not as confident as I was earlier in the week because it's Mahomes, and you just, you hate betting against him. But I think this is the year that, that Josh Allen, he looks a little too determined again, if he doesn't turn over the ball, the Bills don't lose, and that would right. be a big thing. Uh, tough against that Chiefs defense, but I'm putting my putting my faith in Josh Allen. He'll get over the hump. Hey, hey, listen, I don't. It, it's hard not to put your faith faith in him because of the way he's played, especially the last couple of weeks. And since Ken Dorsey was fired and Barry came in, this offense has been completely different. Yep. You know, this is literally a crapshoot man take a coin flip it in the air i mean mm-hmm. for anybody who feels so strongly the bills are going to win i'll find you somebody who feels so strongly yeah, casey i agree win. i mean this is the closest game in the second round of a playoffs i've ever like i feel like i've ever seen mm-hmm. i can't wait for this game i think it's going to be great it yes is. the the bills have been decimated by injuries on defense but for some reason they continuously find people to step up and take yep. those spots AJ Klein last week, like we talked about it, like off, he was on his way on an RV trip. Like, hey, buddy, can you get down to the stadium, put some pads on? We need you to play tonight. Like, right. it's just unbelievable what their defense coordinator has done. It's unbelievable what their players have been able to do with, I mean, tremendous injuries across the board. My biggest problem with KC consistently, obviously, is the drop passes on the wide receivers that if you could cover Rasheed Rice, beat me with somebody else. You know, and you have right. to scheme for Rice. Like, I mean, you almost like don't have to worry about Kelsey anymore. He'll get his six for sixty, you know, and and that'll be that. But if you if you scheme for Rasheed Rice, who is absolutely the best offensive weapon they have, and you commit to stopping Isaiah Pacheco, those have to be your two focuses on defense. Yep. You know, and and on on offense, I just right now the way Josh Allen is playing, man, he's going to be like, I will die on that field to win. And they, you know. they have the safeties to take away Kelsey no matter what. They yes, have percent yeah. you know, back there. Yeah, they, they have the ability, and they've done it in the past. Uh, but, th- you know, it, it's, it's one of those where, you know, Mahomes is going to come to play, and jo- we, we've, we've seen him just get the best of Josh Allen even when Josh Allen plays at his best. So Josh Allen is going to have to play a seamless game to win. He can't make mistakes. This is not a game that they can afford 
to make even one. So right. they have to play well, a perfect football game to win this. Well, it's not going to be minus 27 degrees. So, I mean, it's going to be a balmy 20. like 26, oh, I think is go. what their the game time temperature is supposed to be. Um, I think they dumped some more snow on there. So, you know, that, you know, snowballs will be thrown all over the place. But it is in Buffalo. And for the first time, it's the Buffalo and, and, and Bill's Mafia that's going to be the loud, really yep. tough to play, you know, uh, arena. And it's not an arrowhead. And because of that, that's the only reason I'm taking Buffalo. You know, right. I just think that four for four. We're playing both all four. Playing, nah, well, kind of. I mean, you're you were the a win, little the soft on Detroit, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I agree, but I, I I'm going to take the Bills and I'm uh, uh, lay the two and a half. And I just think this is Josh Allen's year. When was the last time in, in a playoff? You know, in a in the divisional or the wild card that we didn't see a, an up an upset or an underdog win. So I, I don't anticipate yeah. that being that yeah, us going four for four. But that I just. I don't I don't have faith in any of the underdogs to fully win. If I had to put one in. Yeah, what's the would, one? What's the one you'd put it on the money line? I'd put the Bucks. You would? I would. Because I think that team is they they are playing extremely well football. And if you really look at it and the Lions, you know, I, I think they would match up with the other teams left, even the 49ers better. I just think the Bucks, you know, with their passing attack. Having a having Godwin and Evans right now that are just clicking so heavy and, and white that even though he's not efficient in the run game is still a great receiver that it, it it will come down to if the Lions don't give up field goals last week, they lose that game. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if the Rams were a little better on third down, they could have scored 30, 35 points. They lose that game. So we're going to see if that Lions defense can can have, you know, opportunistic stops and take the ball away. And that yep. that's really what they're banking on there, because. We know they're going to score, but that defense is still really, really shaky, uh, yeah. and and is going to be the point of emphasis emphasis in the in the off season if they lose this game or lose next week. Yeah, I think that you know, I, I think Detroit's going to be able to run the ball. I think you're going to see a lot more Montgomery and Gibbs, you know, with play action, you know. So, I, I just I'm really confident in Detroit winning this game. The, the one thing that's interesting in terms of like picking an underdog for me, it would be Green Bay. You know, again, when teams come off that bye, those you know, it's and you've been you've been resting CMC now for three weeks. Right. You've been resting some of those guys for two. I mean, so I think CMC played last like what a month ago. The other guys played two, three weeks ago. Like, there's going to be a little rust there in the beginning. Matt Lafleur is a really good coach. I think he's extremely underrated. I think they could get out to a fast start, and then all things could get crazy because we have we don't like what we see from Brock Purdy when he's behind. You know, so 49ers lose that game and I, I will I come would, on here and have the craziest rant and I, I will start it. I will start a conversation that nobody wants to talk about, which is you put that team right next to the dang Dallas Cowboys because that team. I, I think you should take it one step further. I think if Green Bay wins, you should get a Jordan Love jersey. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't want that. Definitely no, don't the, want that. I, I, I'm looking forward to the weekend. I mean, I, I think there'll be some really good games. You know, uh, I'm glad I'm watching it in my cozy house, uh, yeah. not not where these people are playing some of these games because the weather in Baltimore, the weather in Buffalo, man, those are those are rough. You know, at least uh, Southern California and, and in a dome won't be so bad on the other in the NFC side. But those AFC games are going to be chilly, very cold. Uh, last very thing cold. to talk about. Mm. Before we go, the Dallas Cowboys bringing back Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn if he doesn't get a head coaching job. Thoughts 
on that. I did say 99% that I was very confident they would bring back McCarthy. I did not think he would get fired, so it doesn't surprise me. Uh, yep. You know, just the way that everyone was talking about it just made me feel, yeah, this is not something that Jerry Jones is ready to do. It reminds me a lot of the the year that they gave Jason Garrett another year uh, because everyone was calling for his head and saying there's no way he returns. And then I said, yeah, I mean, why? why? He could have fired him the last time he was disappointing. Why would he fire him? You know, this time he was disappointing. So one year left on his deal, he's going to let him have the the last year. Uh, and, I, you know, something that was interesting in, in, his, pre, in his press conference, it's, it's like, obviously what is he supposed to say, but he was, you know, McCarthy was saying, I know how to win in this league. We're determined to win. All we want to do is win a Super Bowl." And of course that's what he's going to say, but Mm -hmm. you really got to look at this and say, this guy won so many games on the, you know, coaching the Packers, coaching this team. He won a Super Bowl. He he knows talent when he sees it. He knows good offense. It's that you, he's someone that you want to put your faith in, right? Mm -hmm. That you want to trust. But you've just seen you you wanna you wanna see some change, right? You wanna see him really put change because if you roll if we watch the next season and it is the same things, the same schemes over and over again, and it's the same type of losses, then it's just obviously he'll be fired, but it'll be more frustrating than that because it'll be like, so we just wasted a whole nother year. Uh, sure. to watch the same thing over and over again. So I get it. That's the only thing I'm scared about is is I need change. If you're gonna keep these guys in place, stop being stubborn, review the tape and make change. That that's yeah. all I need. No, because I totally if agree we're because one last thing, if we're sitting here, the personnel ain't gonna change. This team's gonna be the exact same next year. Yep. So the personnel ain't gonna change. You gotta change the scheme. So a couple things with that. I mean, first of all, I wasn't surprised that McCarthy got Retained. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're looking at a guy again who's won 12 straight games for three straight years, has the highest winning percentage of any coach in the Cowboys history, right? And had one bad game. The, this is not a team that all of a sudden, like Sirianni, where he lost the room, right. where the they team quit on him. They didn't go for six straight weeks and fall apart after a great start. You know, he got the two seed and they played a shitty fucking game, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's one bad game, and I put so much blame on Dan Quinn on that game as well as the players. So I don't put it all on McCarthy. Does McCarthy have his faults? A hundred percent. But you're sitting there with Jerry Jones at 82 years old. Or Do you think he wants to like get rid of the entire coaching staff, yeah. start all over with a, a Bill Belichick and deal with and, that? And here's, the, and here's the thing. When you look at Dan Quinn especially, defensively, let's say they, they fired him or he took a head coaching up. Is that job attractive? Is, is the defensive coordinate, is it? Because yes. I would argue, I would argue that somebody is taking a big risk joining the hottest coaching staff in the league. Everyone's one year left on their deal and you disappoint and don't make it to an NFC championship. Your good is gone. So I, I, I would, I would suggest maybe it's not that attractive because you're dealing with a team that has a lot of holes and was exposed a lot that you're going to have to change and, and take a yep. lot of risk on. Um, and you're going to have to really bank on on fixing that defense, just just fixing it. You also have getting... a lot of talent on that defense. It's very hard in the NFL to go to a team that has that much talent and not say it would be an attractive job. You know, you do, I mean, it, it's, look, I, it's the defensive coordinator or any offensive defensive coordinator is almost year by year anyway. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, if you go and do great and they bring in a new coach because we don't get to the Super Bowl and they finally get rid of McCarthy, I guarantee that if the defense played well, the DC would get another job, if yep. not retained by the Cowboys. I think we're getting to a point now, like I, do you see Dan Quinn getting a head coaching job? One of the remaining ones? Because if it isn't Seattle, I don't see him getting a job anywhere else. I No, because we've seen this three years in a row of him interview and interview, and he didn't get those jobs then. You're telling me after that performance, after letting up that performance last week, that that it doesn't it really doesn't help him. You know, no, I I just think that teams are are maybe digging a little deeper and seeing the truth about the defense and maybe aren't as inclined, you know, and are going to either go, go with an offensive mind or go with the players coach more uh, that no, I don't see him getting a job, but right. it, it, I mean, there's only what six openings Harbaugh and, and Belichick are getting two of them, right? So yeah. you're talking about four openings. There's a lot of young yeah. talent. We, we you assume Vrabel's going to get one. Ben Johnson's mm -hmm. out there. And ben, if, ben Johnson should definitely get one. Yeah. You know, and then some of these teams you, are going to go with a, a curveball. You know, they just yep. are. I really think it's Seattle or it is, or he's back. I, I I don't I can't see him getting any other job. Maybe the Titans, but I really I mean it's not really where I think he fits well. But it's it's not. Um, it, I I put this off season on for the first time. Jones has to be aggressive. With the roster yeah. construction, and, that, and that's, what yeah, that's what we're talking about change. That's what we're talking about change. You got to bring in bigger can't. bodies on defense. You got to bring in linebackers who can tackle. You got to bring in another, you know, good wide receiver. You got to bring in a running back. You got to bring in a, another tackle. Like there are some really important things that we've got to yeah. go and fill. And that's the problem is is you can't keep doing the same thing and expect change. You know, it's not going to nope. work. No, nope. so you got to you got to put the change out there to expect different results. So. We've been saying this for years. This is the year he's going to be aggressive. This is the year change is going to come, and it's it's really never happened. And he tried to do it last offseason by getting Gilmore and getting Cooks, and those guys were they were good, but they weren't the great pieces that we thought were like, oh, they, no, we're the best team were, in the league. Well, because we got them three years too late. You like, right. I mean, so I mean, they he's getting players that were great at one time who still are above average, but yeah. he's not getting different. I, I think I think in a very maybe smart under the radar move that the Cowboys should be looking at this, this off season is it's not a player it's draft picks. I, I think this team has been so good drafting players and it is so it's such a cap held team that free agency has never been, you know, something that they've been interested in. Go get draft picks. However you may, uh, you know, either, either by letting, you know, free agents go and getting compensatory picks or moving guys around for picks and get, nine ten guys in the you know in the draft this year that yeah, are well, going to play impact positions for you i think that could be an underrated underrated move that the cowboys could look towards they've been a, the best drafting team in football the last 10 years yes, but here's the problem with that okay we have been the best drafting team in the last 10 years and all it does is get us regular season success we need a couple of players that are going to take us over the edge like when baltimore got roquan smith when, you know, CMC went to San Fran, it, that changed organizations to another mm -hmm. level. We need impact players, right? We need Dak to extend his thing so that that cap is 
tremendously under you know whelming so that we can go and obviously sign Parsons and sign uh, you know CD Lamb, but then use that excess money to go find talent. I don't right. think it's all going to be done in the draft. We only have like right now, I think six picks. Like we've all our middle round picks, fourth, fifth, sixth, have all been like sold off from trades from previous years. So you know, I mean, look, we'll get three or four impact players from the draft, and maybe we get a couple of compensatory picks that we find you know some studs. But I think this team needs to be aggressive and start signing some people that can that can take this yeah. team to another level. And you level. need you need to bulk up on defense. You got to get up. some big boys on the line. You yes. have to get a, a real middle linebacker. Uh, you got to get some yes. some big guys. So yes, you, you need like the Vita Veyas and you know the McNeils uh, on the line, the big body run stoppers. You need that middle linebacker like Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen or uh, what you call it, Fred Warner that can literally control the middle of the field and will be a tackling machine and be right. in the top five in tackling. Yep. You know, that's what we need. It was devoid. And then scheme changes. We'll get into a whole conversation about that, you know, in the preseason, but they have to get back to uh, manning up and getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I agree as well. All right. Well, that pretty much concludes the, the, the Cowboys first off season move, which is, keeping their coaches. Were, were you surprised that the Eagles as of today have kept yeah, Nick Sirianni? They're not. They, they're not going to fire him. I mean, I was shocked. I was shocked. It, I thought that team real. I thought he lost that team. There, he, there, there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know, but I don't think it has to do with him, you know, or him losing the locker room there. I mean, there's, there's something going on at that team that happened, but that, you know, they're not going to fire him. They're not going to, it was very, very fan-driven rumors. I, I hope they keep them. I hope they self-implode next year. I hope they go to a 500 team. Me I hope too. Jalen Hurts re continues his regression and this team falls apart as soon as Kelsey announces his retirement for real. Yeah, me as That well. would make me happy. We'll be back next week. We will recap all the games from the divisional round on Tuesday.